0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor. And welcome to Game Misconduct, the 2022-2023 season preview. Hopefully everybody had a tremendous summer, and I know there's a lot going on in sports. You've got baseball playoffs beginning today. You've got the football in week five. If you're a big college football fan, you're getting deep into it. Basketball season's around the corner, but for the people that listen to Game Misconduct... You're excited about the NHL season getting ready. Got a couple of games already that by the time you're listening to this, uh, one of them may be over, but the season kind of officially begins today at 2 o'clock Eastern time with the Sharks and Predators out in the Czech Republic and the two will play again tomorrow also at 2 o'clock. I'm not a huge fan of these European games just because they kind of get obscured. You're playing regular season games while preseason games are also being played. You're doing it at the start of the baseball playoffs, and everything's kind of wacky, but the NHL trying to sell itself to the Czech Republic, and it's given us a chance to hear from Jaromir Jagr, who's out there, and talking and contemplating about not wanting to retire and playing maybe in the NHL again, so if anything came from that, I guess that's a good thing. But let's really dive into the season. A lot of names uh, changing, coaching changes, and what I'm really excited about is that there are just so many good teams and you've got some really difficult decisions to make as far as Who's going to be on the outside looking in? Because this whole concept of, oh, it's the playoffs. Uh, Everybody makes the playoffs in the NHL. Regular season doesn't mean anything. It's such BS. Take a look at some of the teams that I think are really on the bubble. Playoff teams from last year that might not make the playoffs this year. And it's also a sport that you could be that eight seed. You could be that second wild card and possibly make a run. So I'm not in love with the format. I've said that before on game misconduct with the top three teams in the division getting in and the rest of the conference battle for those two spots. But uh, let's dive into the preview looking at the Eastern Conference. And I don't have a ton of changes to the top three. In the Metropolitan Division, I've got the Rangers winning the division. I think you saw last year this team is about to pop. And I think many people, myself included, were surprised that they actually went to the conference final, had the lightning on the ropes. So maybe they were a little early as far as the deep playoff run, but this is where I think it comes together. The question mark is... Who is going to pick up the slack for what inevitably is going to be a step back for Chris Kreider? And and I say that just because you look at the history. He had never scored 28 goals or more in his career, and he goes out there and he scores 52. So is this a guy that's ready to just become a consistent 40-plus goal scorer, or was last year a bit of an aberration? I think he's done with scoring less than 30, but can I expect him to go out there and score more than 40, 45, 50? Don't think so. But I do think that'll be made up by Mika Zabanajad. I think Zibanejad's just going to have an amazing, amazing year. And I think Panarin's going to be very good, too, because the addition of Trocek, I think, is a better player than Strom. We don't know if the chemistry is going to work. Strom's gone. So will there be chemistry? If there is, I think the top two lines for the Rangers could be really magical. Lafreniere, a year under his belt. Kako, a year under his belt. Um, I think there's a lot of scoring coming for the New York Rangers, and Igor Shosturkin's only going to get better. This blue line is terrific, and I think it's going to manifest itself into a just tremendous season for the Rangers, and I think they're going to win the division. Carolina will finish in second. They are a tremendous team that improved. I love the addition of Max Pacioretty. Big body, guy that can score big goals, been around the block, brings a tremendous amount of leadership uh, to the fold. Um, Burns is not what he was before on the blue line, but still a guy that... uh, They can score some goals. I love this Carolina team, and it's going to be close, like it was last year. These two teams battling for first place, and I think the Rangers will get it because Carolina, I think, is in that mode, and I'm going to get to it in a second, where they realize how good they are. And I don't think they have to prove anything in the regular season. And we saw that with Tampa times, too. Like, well, what's wrong with Tampa? They're not as good as they were last year. And there they are, you know, making runs in the playoffs again. I think Carolina's in that place. And the Rangers will take advantage of it. And Carolina will finish in second. This was a tough one for me because I've kind of been off the Penguin bandwagon for a long time. And I really thought that they're starting to slip. I was surprised they put the band back together. They brought Latang back. They brought Malkin back. I am going to give them the three seed because I'm just in love with their coach. I think Mike Sullivan's one of the best coaches in the National Hockey League. He always knows what button to push. I don't think this is a great team. We saw it in the playoffs the last few years. Uh, They did everything they could experience-wise to last seven games with the Rangers, but they did blow the 3-1 series lead. I do not think Pittsburgh's any kind of threat, but... (sighs) And I'll get into in a minute why I just think they're the best of the also-rans in the conference, so I just put Pittsburgh at three. Now you move to the Atlantic Division. It, they're the three. It's just a matter of what order you want to put them in. I'm still going to have Tampa winning the division because they're Tampa. Now they lost McDonough. All right, I, I, I understand that. Uh, they, they lost Palat to the Devils. I get that, but they've lost pieces before and they always just seem to bounce back. Why? Because they've got one of the best goaltenders in the league in Vasilevsky. They can score with Kucherov. They can score with Stamkos. Uh, I, I know that Hedberg, uh, Hedman's getting older, but he's still somebody that is a a constant on that blue line. So I think Tampa wins the division with Florida coming in in second. Florida's got to prove to me they can get the consistent goaltending that Tampa can give you. So to me, it's just kind of a face-off of goaltending. So I gave Tampa the nod with Florida coming in uh, in second place. Florida's still an outstanding team. Now, they really loaded up at the end of last season and lost some of those players. But they go out and you get Kachuk, as a 100-point scorer, He's going to be a nice player for them. Uh, I think Mark Stahl, nice veteran on the blue line. He'll be a, a third-pairing guy with Del Zotto, so they're reunited from their Ranger days. I think they're a little bit more of a complete experience team, uh, so they'll finish in second. I've got Toronto in third, same reason. You know Who is going to be the consistent goaltender? They'll score. They'll score their pants off, but are, are they going to be a team that's going to be able to dance goaltending-wise with the Tampas, with the Rangers, with Carolina through the season. So um, as far as the Atlantic Division is concerned, I have them finishing in third. Now here's where it gets kind of funky because now there's only two spots, but you've got a bunch of teams. Columbus is going to be better with Giroux. They're going to score goals, you know, and their goaltending's getting better. So Columbus, New Jersey, I was talking to Chris Kreider Um, During the offseason And he was talking about Just how deep The Metropolitan Division is And he specifically Mentioned the Devils As being such a fast And young And surprising team I just don't think New Jersey Has the goaltending To really include them Where do the Islanders You know Where they were A forgotten team last year Devastated by COVID And having to start Their first 13 games On the road Because of the new building New coach in the fold there. So that's interesting. Boston, it looked like they were going to blow it up. But, you know, Bergeron and Marchand are back and, you know, coaching change there. Goaltending question marks. You know, Washington, where do they fall? Sure, they've got Ovechkin. They've got Backstrom. They've got good players. But, you know, changing goaltending there too. So, and it wasn't great to begin with. So, and, you know, Peter Laviolette, you know, he starts to kind of run out of juice sometimes with teams. And is this the year they take a step? forward or a a step back so it was really interesting buffalo is going to be better i think detroit is going to be better ottawa is a team i think you got to consider as well with the improvements that they made and the additions they made offensively their goaltending i think is going to be a little bit better Uh, i do like their coach very underrated but when it kind of all settled down the two teams that i thought would make the wild card boston and the islanders boston because of the experience and the Islanders, let's not forget, they were kind of also Rands, but there were times last year they played well. They didn't do a thing to improve the team, which is going to upset people. But Palmieri's had a good uh, preseason. I think Sorokin is going to carry this team. So I've got the Islanders sneaking in as the second wild card. So I've got the Rangers, Hurricanes, and Penguins top three in the Metro. I've got the Lightning Panthers and Maple Leafs the top three in the Atlantic Division with the Bruins and the Islanders being the teams that um, will be the wild card teams in the National Hockey League. So that should be uh, you know, kind of fun watching uh, how this is all going to go. Now, let's take a look at the West. Central's deep, man. Central's gonna be fun, but the top three I think are easy. Colorado, St. Louis, and Minnesota are the three I have as the top teams. Minnesota is uh got just they've got a style. They've got Marc-Andre Fleury for a full year. That's gonna be pretty big for them. So I've got them as the three seed. How do you have Colorado not winning the division? All right, there's some questions in goal. There were questions in goal last year. I think just McCarr is a stud. McKinnon is a stud. They're just too good to not have win this division. St. Louis is interesting as well. Always kind of in the mix. Always in the fold. So I've got those three in the top in the Central Division. The Pacific... I'll give you a little hint. It's going to be very top heavy. I don't see a wild card team coming out of the Pacific Division. Oilers finally have a goaltender now. Is Campbell, um, you know, Martin Brodeur? No, but he's better than what they had last year with with Smith, uh, predominantly getting uh, the looks in the postseason. But you've uh, they lost Cassian, big deal. They lost Keith, big deal. Um, but they still have Drysaitel. They still have McDavid. They still have Nurse. Good team last year that just, you know, had a, obviously went up against a better team in the conference final in Colorado. I've got Edmonton winning the division. The Flames certainly lost two 100 point scorers, but Huberto comes in to kind of help. Uh, Markstrom's a really good goaltender there. I've got them finishing in second with the Kings uh, finishing in third. Uh, I just like the Los Angeles Kings as a team. That is going to sneak into that third spot. Really didn't do a lot other than the addition of Fiala, but that is a big addition. So I think, and, and they're still got pretty decent goaltending in Quick and Peterson. That's I don't think it's goaltending that's going to win them a comp, but I think it's good enough to be able to make the Pacific Division because you have so many rebuilds in that division, right? You know, Arizona, San Jose. Uh, there's just a lot of teams that are finding the way. Vegas, I think, is going through the growing pains now. That they should have went through when they first started, you know. They, they go to the Stanley Cup final, consistent playoff team. I think they're going to miss the playoffs for a second consecutive year here now. My two wild card teams. Robertson comes signs late last night, so that kind of squelches any kind of fears of Dallas losing, you know, uh, a runner up to Rookie of the Year last year. Uh, I think Dallas is going to find a way to get that wild card, and Nashville, much like the Islanders. Will find a way into the postseason mainly because their goaltending is just special. And when you get that kind of goaltending, I don't I don't know if it's a goaltending league anymore. You know, you need to score. You need to score outscore your opponent and, 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 and we've seen just too many teams, Colorado a perfect example. That can outscore their lack of goaltending. Nashville's not going to be one of those teams, but the goaltending is really special. Uh, they added some depth. I like the Nita uh, addition. Uh, Sanford uh, and Leopold uh, and Leonard will help uh, as far as on the left wing is concerned, but uh, UC Soros is a special goaltender. He'll get the bulk of the looks, and I think he'll sneak in as that um, second wild card team. In the Western Conference, so Colorado, St. Louis, and Minnie in the Central. Oilers, Flames, and Kings in the Pacific, with Dallas and Dallas and Nashville, uh, rounding out the Wild Card. I thought about Winnipeg. I did. Winnipeg finished eight points out of a playoff spot last year. Who are you taking out? Coaching changes. Vancouver, um, I, I think, can be a team that you know was on the cusp last year. They had some additions with you know Lazar coming in, but they really didn't do a lot to strengthen that team. And and kind of like Kreider. Where can you expect him to score 52 goals again? Can you can you expect JT Miller to be a hundred point guy again? Right, I, I think he's a consistent, really good goal scorer. Vancouver kept him, which I thought was really important. But you can expect that kind of that kind of team or that kind of season again from him. Really difficult to kind of imagine. And Winnipeg was tough for me. Uh, I've got. To, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm going to be in Winnipeg uh, a week from today. Fun organization. They still have, you know, really good offensive players. Uh, Hullabuck is still a really good goaltender, but they really didn't do anything other than adding um, Riddick to back up Hullabuck. But that that's not really going to be a mover. I think Winnipeg is kind of what they are. They'll be hanging around. Vancouver will hang around, but not like. Not like leaving Washington out of the playoffs in the East, which was kind of a bold move, I thought, by myself. Um, I don't feel that same way leaving Winnipeg and Vancouver out of the Western conferences. I, I, I feel pretty good about that. Good teams, fun teams. So, but not good enough to make the playoffs. That's why I say the regular season is meaningful in the National Hockey League because you're going to look at Vancouver and Winnipeg and Washington. Uh, Columbus is going to be improved in the Eastern Conference. Uh, teams that are going to finish above 500 uh, and yet still not make the playoffs and maybe not make the playoffs really closely. So that kind of just tells you that it's difficult to be in the postseason in the NHL. You really have to earn it over those 82 games, and I think those are the 16 teams that I have. Now, as far as some of the awards are concerned, and if you want to kind of bet this stuff, I've got some odds for you because there can really be some value, I think, in betting some of these props here. Um, It really was an easy decision for me on the Calder Trophy. Some of the kids that were drafted, you know, how many of them are going to have an impact that Owen Power is going to have in Buffalo? He's going to get a lot of ice time on a team that I think will be improved. So I've got Power winning the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. And if you bet that, that's a plus 450. Uh, The Norris Trophy is also an easy decision for me. Kale McCarr is our version of what we saw for years with Ray Bork and before that, Bobby Orr. I know those are pretty significant names to throw out, but if you watch Kale McCarr play, you are blown away by his ability offensively. He is an absolute stud. I can see him owning this Norris the way that Bork and Orr did back in the day. So I've got McCarr winning the Norris Trophy, and he's at plus 125, so not even a real value to bet that. That's how easy a pick he is. Uh, The Hart Trophy, I've got Edmonton winning the division. I think Connor McDavid's the best player in the National Hockey League. And I think McDavid's going to have another monster year, so I'm going to have him win the heart. And with with the Edmonton Oilers being really good in the regular season, I kind of think that's a no brainer. And if you bet him for um, for that, that's 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 an easy bet too to be able to get him the heart uh, trophy. Um, so I've got to go with McDavid. I thought about McCar, and I was talking about this with um, Anthony Pusic, our producer. But I just, the defenseman winning the award is kind of tough. Um, and when you look at the uh, the odds for him to be able to win the Hart Trophy is like plus 1,200. So, you know, when you've got guys like McKinnon on his team and you're going up against the likes of McDavid and Austin Matthews, who's going to have a monster year for Toronto, and they're going to be a playoff team, it's really going to be hard. So I was going to try to really throw it out there and say McCarr is going to win the Hart, but I, I think McDavid... Uh, we'll take that. Uh, my Vesna candidate, and, and this is one of, the, one of the reasons I have it, is because I have a team that I'm not overly impressed with still making the playoffs because of him, and that's Ilya Sorokin winning the Vesna Trophy. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time, and he is going to be the main reason why the Islanders are going to be relevant and be a playoff team. And I think when the awards are handed out, the GMs are the ones to vote for the Vesna. They'll appreciate the job that he did. He may not necessarily have... You know the the stellar winning percentage that of Vasilevsky or Shosturkin will have, um, but he's going to have an amazing goal against average because of how well defensively the Islanders play. And I think he's going to play a lot of games. He's going to help the Islanders get into the playoffs, and that's going to give him the Vesna Trophy. He's at plus 1,200, so the world does not agree with me. But if I happen to get this right, and you bet that, uh, that's going to pay some real dividends for you at a plus uh, 1,200. So that's pretty cool. As far as the Jack Adams Trophy is concerned, it's it's hard not to look at Woodcroft, who who had had to come in early, um, getting a chance at a full season here with the Edmonton Oilers. I have them winning the division, so I, I, and, I, and I get to vote for this, which is pretty awesome. Um, I, I never lose appreciation for getting a chance to vote for a National Hockey League award. So um, the Jack Adams, many different great candidates. You look at the teams I have winning the division, Gallant with the Rangers. You've got Cooper, a consistent guy, with Tampa winning the Atlantic division, Bednar winning in Colorado. So with Edmonton winning the division, I'm going to go Woodcroft. And you get good numbers, too, because he is at um, plus 1,200. So I think that uh, he'll end up winning the Jack Adams for the coach of the year. Now we go to what everybody's waiting for and our Stanley Cup finalists. And I'm just going to give you The winner, and then I'll tell you who they beat. I think that's probably the better way to do it. If you take a look at the teams that have won the Stanley Cup, last year, Colorado. Look at the growing pains they had to go through. They, for a few years, they were the best team in the NHL. Couldn't get over the hump until they finally do. Uh, Tampa, same thing. You look at their back-to-back cups and three straight Stanley Cup final appearances. Take a look before then. You know, Getting swept by Columbus in the first round. Early exits. Losses in the conference final. Like learning to win through losing. You know, Before that, all the trials and tribulations of the Washington Capitals. Not being able to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins until they finally did. So going by that theme, going by that idea, I think this is Carolina's time. I do. And one of the reasons I have them finishing in second place in the Metropolitan Division is because some of that it comes from not going all out full bore over 82 games, realizing that the second season's important. And I think that will come at the expense of them winning the Metropolitan Division. Um, but they, when they get to the playoffs, I think they learn their lesson. I think they got flat-footed. Blowing that lead against the Rangers and, and losing, but they're unbelievable at home. That's a lesson learned. That's going to make them very, very dangerous when they finally get back into the playoffs. So, and you look even before then of some of the early exits for Carolina. They've been a consistent playoff team. Brenda Moore has proven to you how good a coach he is. But overall, I think Carolina, it's their time. I have them winning the Stanley Cup. And as far as their competition is concerned... Listen, there's a lot of good teams in the West, but is anybody really better than Colorado? And I don't think Edmonton made enough changes to be able to beat Colorado in a big spot. They're well-coached. They're they're a great team that's going to have you know home ice advantage probably throughout the entire Western Conference playoffs. And much like Tampa last year, uh, they're going to find a way back into the Stanley Cup final, but this time they'll go up against a team that is just ready and have it be their year. So for the first time... Since 2006, I'll have the Carolina Hurricanes lifting the Stanley Cup, and it would be the second time in franchise history and their third appearance in the Stanley Cup final. Lost to Detroit in 2002, won the Cup against Edmonton in '06, and I've got them winning it all this year. So didn't get a chance for any interaction today just because I wanted to kind of lay down a preview so obviously you can always get in touch with me on Twitter at, at DonLagreca, hashtag game misconduct. If you've got any predictions of your own, you want to criticize mine, you want to support mine, there it is for you. And then we'll get back into a rhythm during the course of the year. I mean, my plan is to do Game misconduct every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday during the course of the season, but sometimes it'll be a little bit on the fly just because of the fact that I'm going to be traveling a lot. We're traveling again with the Rangers, thank God. Things are kind of getting back to normal, but that means a lot of flights. That means a lot of um, that means a lot of podcasts from arenas, and and sometimes things get kind of messed up. So. I think we got an excellent chance. We'll get EJ hopefully on Monday, get his first hit of the season. We'll have a couple of games under our belt with Nashville and San Jose. And we'll be on the eve of the actual regular season in North America getting underway. I'll be calling Rangers Lightning on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to that at Madison Square Garden. And we'll get back into the fold on Monday with EJ. So get in touch with me during the course of the week. Have a tremendous weekend. Enjoy all the baseball. Enjoy all the football. But let's get ready for some hockey. I'm really looking forward to talk to you again on Monday. This was the preview edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.